Welcome to In the Spotlight, a regular podcast from the Witham, Barnard Castle's Community Arts Centre. Hello, Stuart Laundie welcoming you along once again to In the Spotlight, the weekly podcast from the Witham Community Arts Centre here in Barnard Castle, County Durham. It's music all the way this week. I had a really enjoyable and entertaining chat with Eddie London, one of the founder members of China Crisis, who are coming for a gig in September. Music and chat with Eddie coming up. A bit later on, I've got some news of an absolutely brilliant gig coming up in March next year, featuring a crossover blues artist called Ajay Srivastav. And as always, Jane Woodward will be joining me a little bit later on to have a look at what's coming up in the next few days and a bit further ahead as well. But without any further ado, let's get into a bit of China Crisis. This is one of the big hits from back in the day. This is Wishful Thinking.
you know, I'd forgotten what a beautiful song that is. Wishful Thinking by China Crisis. Now, China Crisis were formed in 1979 by teenage schoolmates Eddie London and Gary Daly. Uh, they released half a dozen albums and a number of hit singles between the early 80s and the mid-90s before something of a hiatus. They came back in the mid-2010s and are still going strong. I caught up with Eddie a couple of days ago for what turned out to be a very enjoyable and entertaining chat. So, on Saturday, September the 30th, uh, at the Witham here in Barnard Castle, we're delighted to be welcoming China Crisis and one of the band's founder members, Eddie London, joins me for a chat for this week's podcast. Eddie, how are you doing? I'm down fine, sir. Thank yourself. Excellent. Not too bad at all. Not too bad at all. Now, we were just having a quick chat off there, and I was going to mention this anyway as a, as a sort of um, an icebreaker away into the podcast, is that um, you're out, you've been out touring already this year and you've got a few more dates coming up as part of these sort of rewind uh, let's rock 80s retro type tours and I was just going to yeah. ask you what, what's it like doing them I mean I, I I have this image of you all jumping on a bus going from one to the other like in them old films from the 60s and stuff but I suspect absolutely I suspect you just turn up and do your bit and go home <laughs> you do actually I mean the, the, I have to be honest they're really really a breeze to do you know because it's not I mean when we go out by ourselves for our own shows, it, it it's like a two-hour show or something like that. But when you do the, the Let's Rock and the Rewinds and them kind of things, you're literally on stage, you play your biggest hits and you're off. And and quite a lot of the time, they have a house band as well, so that and the house band play for a lot of the groups that are on. So you, so that makes it even easier. I've, I've got to admit, I much prefer playing with our own bands but but they are the the, the real good fun to do and and they're just a breeze, yeah. Yeah, and you get you get a good crowd to these things as well, don't you? Yeah, God, uh, we've just done one at the weekend in where where was that one? That one was the, in Perth in Scotland, um, and a great lineup. You know, people like Squeeze and Midge and everyone's on it. It's so they're, they're really good lineups. So we did that, and I think there was about fifteen thousand people there so you know they're, they're really well attended yeah they're good fun the guys that you that, that you're touring with on these retro tours you know tony hadley's the mid years nick kershaw's hue and cry that sort of thing did you know these guys back in the day or or, or not uh, mo- most not like on a on a day-to-day friendly basis kind of thing but you kind of bump into people because a, a lot of the time you're doing the same radio interviews or the same tv shows or you're all on top of the pops or whatever. So you kind of you kind of mingle. And also you meet them in the hotels when you go to London or whatever. You know, so so yeah, we, we, we all kind of knew each other, uh, but we know each other a, a lot better now, let's say. And and when you do well, last one on this sort of stuff, but when you do one of these, do you do you kind of hang around and watch the other acts or are you straight in and out? Straight in and out. <laughs> oh, I don't wish I never said that. <laughs> I don't know. No, I suppose there's only there's only so many times you can hear Tony Hadley sing his hits and exactly <laughs> ABC do their stuff as well and that sort of thing. I know, and I know. Mid, mid I you mean, do sometime. Vienna. I presume, I presume he still does Vienna, you know. <laughs> I mean, mid, yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, I mean, yeah, we've we've played with a lot of these bands many, many, many times, so. Yeah. So you know what you know what the, you know what the set's like. You know what they're all about. And yeah, yeah, right. Let's talk a bit about China Crisis. Then you were you were about seventeen when the band started um, in the late seventies. So um, it was an interesting time musically. Then what sort of stuff were you listening to when you started the band? 
oh God, we had like really, really eclectic taste. Uh, me, me particularly, I'm from a very big family. You know, I had, uh, there was eight kids in my mum and dad, so there's 10 of us in all. And it's four boys, four girls. And I was the youngest out of all of them. So you can imagine, I can't listen to everything that they were listening to before. So literally, I mean, I had all my own things. I, I was a massive, massive Bowie fan. He was the inspiration behind probably me ever getting into music, really. But uh, but we'd listen to Motown. God, because you, you were growing up in, in the place where we grew up. I went to an all-boys school called St. Kevin's, which had 2,600 all-boys. It was the biggest all-boys school in Europe. So you can imagine all the music that they were listening to and sharing albums. There was a lot of prog rock. So it was really, really eclectic from Motown to, as I say, Bowie to prog to everything, really. Later on, when we started playing, and we were getting the, me and Gary were getting the band together as such, I became a really big Talking Heads fan as well. I love the Talking Heads. So they were kind of a big influence as well at the time. So when you started the band with, um, you mentioned Gary there, that's Gary Gary Daly, who was at school with you, I do believe. Yeah, we met at school, we met at St. Kevin's. So when you you started out together, did you you have a grand plan? No, not at all. At first, when we first began playing, like most people, we joined a covers band, funny enough, that was run by these two brothers, and I was on guitar, and Gary was on bass, and the other brothers were on guitar or whatever. But me and Gary, like, really quickly realised that we were terrible at it. We were really, really (laughs) terrible at playing other people's songs. So we thought uh, we'd start writing ourselves. So me and Gary, we left that band very quickly. We'd only done, we probably only done about six shows with them or something like that. And then we left that band very quickly. And me and Gary mainly became a writing partnership. We didn't have a band at that time. So we were writing the songs and out of them songs, you know, things like African and White and Christian and all these, you know, songs that went on to become hits uh, <clears throat> were written. And we got signed to Virgin Records, luckily. But it wasn't until our second album that Virgin actually turned around to us and said, you know, you're doing really well in Europe. You're doing well in all these other countries. Don't you think you should get a band together and go out and tour? Because all, all before that, we were just a writing partnership. Yeah. So, uh, so that's what we did. We, we 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 put musicians together, and we went out and played all over the world and played with some great people uh, from Simple Minds to David Bowie to uh, the Police to the late great Tina Turner. Everyone, you know, we, we we were playing with everyone and playing by ourselves. Did you have time to enjoy it when you when you look back now? Did did you make the most of your time when you were when you were doing this touring touring with sort of the really big names? God, yeah, absolutely loved it. it you know, considering it was something that we we didn't do from the from the outset because, we, as I say, we were writing partnership. Really, it, it was so surprising how quickly you know we adapted to it and really, really became you know, a major, major part of what we were about. You released a series of albums throughout the 80s, culminating in 1994 with the sixth album. And and when, when that one came out, did you sort of think, well, that's it, we've had a good run? Because there was a bit of a, there was a gap then, sort of a hiatus <coughs> then, as far as I can tell, between sort of what you were doing then and, and yeah. coming back to do what you do now. 
Yeah, well, what kinds of happens at that time? Music was drastically changing as well. You've got to remember that uh, all rave music and club music and all that kind of thing was in. And there we were, like, in Hawaii with Walter Becker out of Steely Dan, trying to, you know, thinking that we were the Beach Boys or something. I think it became just out of fashion. I think the whole music scene had changed. Um, and we got, we kind of got back and... Um, we finished our deal with Virgin Records. And do you know what? I think we actually thought, in all honesty, we have nothing to prove. You know, we've done all these albums. We've had lots of hits. Does does really, at this time, the world needs another China Crisis album. You know, so, uh, so we left it for a while. Hi, this is Tabby from The Cafe, and you're listening to In The Spotlight, The Withams Podcast. Do you remember them crowdfunding sites all started? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, there was one called Pledge, which was Pledge Music. So what we decided to do, this is on the album that, that, that our last album that we that we came back with. We thought, okay, let let's do a pledge thing. Let's crowdfund it. And if you don't need to sit and target with them things, you don't have to record the album. Yeah, so yeah. you kind of set yourself a target, and you thought, and and it's a good it's a good barometer, really, because what it kind of proves is is the really an audience. So if the people don't invest and they don't go for that, then obviously the world's not ready for another China Crisis album. So we thought, okay, that that's a good like kind of yardstick. That's a good measuring stick. So we set a budget, and we thought, okay, if we don't make it, fine, we don't have to record the album. We exceeded our limit by like over three times over in like the first week, and we thought, "God damn, we've got we've got to do it now. We've got to do it for real." <laughs> this is so did, did you actually uh, have the songs ready at the time, or was it a case of, "Oh my goodness, yeah, we're gonna have to sit down and write them"? No, no, no. I mean, we, that album, the Autumn in the Neighborhoods album, which I think is an amazing album, by the way. Yeah, there, there was because, like you said, there was the hiatus or whatever. And there was a period. So we've been, we, we, you know, as a songwriter, you're still writing, even though you're not releasing stuff all the time. So, yes, so there were songs already written. but So literally over like a, probably a 10-year period or whatever. And uh, right up to the day, basically, of recording, you know, the new album. So, so it, it's kind of like, a, it was very different, let me put it that way, than what we used to do in the old days. Because... In the old days, you were on such a treadmill that you'd write records an album, release singles, go and promote it, tour, promote it, and that would be like nine months a year, you know, all in the making then. And then you'd get back and you'd have to write another album straight away, go and record that. You know, we, we were kind of quite prolific in the early days. So it was great having time off, you know, to uh, just to reflect and, and and do such a good album, I think, in a... In, uh, in autumn in the neighborhood, yeah. Am I right in thinking that you're sort of passing on your your songwriting tips as a, a lecturer at uh, the Liverpool Institute for Performing Arts these days? Yeah, and I've been doing that for a long a long time now. But but the thing is, I did it quite a bit, you know, a few years ago. But as we touched on early on in our conversation here, China Crisis has just got busier and busier and busier and busier. So I've had to, uh, you know, we taught we taught all over the world. So I've had to reduce the time that, that I go to Lipper. Unfortunately, I'm only there usually about one day a week. And then sometimes I have to miss a lot of them out the country. 
but I've got to work with some, you know, wonderful, wonderful songwriters over the years. And I, at Lipper, I'm kind of proud, proud of them, you know, and proud of what we've achieved, you know. So just come in, bang up today. You've got a gig with us. Um, you, you're not you're not travelling the world. You're just travelling up the uh, the M6 and across uh, to the Witham. Um, tell us about China Crisis 2023. What's the what's the lineup for that particular show? I actually don't know <laughs> uh, because we vary. No, it's because we vary. You see, we can either go out to we sometimes we go out as a six piece band, a seven piece band, or we go out as a quartet. I'd have, to, I'd have to look it up. It's a quart- <laughs> As far as I know, it's the quartet that's coming. Oh, okay. Well, the quartet's a great, great show as well because we get to play songs with the quartet uh, that we don't do with the band. We can really touch on some of the early electronic stuff. Uh, we don't tend to do that with the full band no. because they all think they're like uh, accomplished jazz musicians or something. <laughs> but no, they don't. That's Yeah, so we get to play a completely different set which is great in a way because it's 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 very fresh for us all the time doing you know uh, doing different sets working with different people so it keeps it it keeps it really uh, you know in the moments let's say it sounds like you still really enjoy it you're still having a ball doing it all even after all these years oh god yeah it's like breathing to us we've we've done it a lot longer than what we haven't done and um, you know do you know what we're very lucky to be doing a job that we're really, really passionate about. And not many people get to do that in life. Some of the places we see in the world, it's just incredible. You know, just a couple of months ago, swimming with dolphins in Australia or New Zealand. How many people get to do that? You're right. We absolutely do love it. And we also appreciate, you know, how lucky we are to, to do what we, you know, what we truly love. What was the uh, What was the limit of your ambitions when you started out? Was it to just make a record? <laughs> Yep, it absolutely was. You've hit the nail on the head. It was, honestly, it was the first single, and we thought, we thought, with the first single was African and White, and we thought, God, we'd be really happy if we sold 200 of these, you know, in them days kind of thing. And then it got picked up. It, you see, it come out on a small independent first, through rough trades and that. And then it obviously got picked up. We got picked up by Virgin Records and all that because... Uh, the likes of John Peel and Janice Long and Peter Powell and all these great, like, BBC radio GJs started playing it, you know, which was, like, astonishing to us. You know, our records getting played on on BBC Radio 1. You know, it was incredible. Yeah, so it just went on from there, really. It went on from there. We ended up having many albums, as you know, many singles and and great success. So it was good. So all, all, all told, things haven't been, haven't worked out too badly for you then? No. Well, I'm still doing it now, like 40 years on. So uh, there you have it. Um, Eddie, thanks ever so much for joining us for the podcast this week. Can't wait to see you when you come over uh, in the autumn. And we wish you every success with the rest of the summer. Thank you very much to you and your listeners. Yes, thanks to Eddie for taking the time. I really enjoyed that one. I really did. I hope you did too. And a quick reminder that uh, China Crisis are coming to the Witham on Saturday, September the 30th. Tickets are on sale now. Have a look at the website, www.thewitham.org.uk or give the box office a ring on 01833 Hi, this is Sheila. Hi, this is Jim. And we're volunteers and you're, you're listening, listening to, to In the Spotlight, the Witham's, Witham's podcast. podcast. 
So it's that time of the week again, where we welcome Jane Woodward, marketing executive extraordinaire from the Witham, to chat about what's coming up. How are you doing, Jane? I'm all right, Stuart. How about you? Have I just promoted you again? Now? I, my title gets longer and longer every time I come on this podcast. What is your title? Do you have a title? Marketing officer. Oh, is that it? it that's it. Oh, you need to be something grander than that. <laughs> As far as the podcast is concerned, you will always be an executive. Oh, thank you very much. (laughs) Right. um, We're in the midst of, we're not in the midst, we're we're nearly in the midst of the summer holidays, so we might as well talk about Christmas. (laughs) Yes. Um, Because uh, a show that we've just got up on sale this week is uh, at the start of December. It is Carols by Candlelight. Always popular. Very popular, and it features one of the choirs that was performing at the Summer Festival last weekend. That would be No Added Sugar. It would be No Added Sugar. What a good guess. Yes. And they're being joined by Concordia and Canticus Choirs. Very good. And all three of them perform on Saturday the 2nd of December, 7.30, Carols by Candlelight, a concert of festive music to get you into the Christmas spirit. Brilliant stuff. As we mentioned, it is always very popular. That's not just us saying it. Tickets are at a premium, so don't delay. Yes, get yours today. £10 tickets and they're on sale. Now, uh, while we're looking a bit further ahead as well, we're going to pop into next year again um, because this is a guy that I'm really excited about seeing at the Witham. Ajay Srinivastav. It's crossover blues uh, with uh, with a touch of Indian music in it. It's absolutely brilliant. It sounds fantastic, and we've just uh, had a list, little listen to one of his tracks, and it's definitely worth a, worth coming to. Yeah, we'll, fin- um, we'll finish off with one of his tracks, and, and everybody can have a listen. It's absolutely brilliant stuff. Yeah. Anyway, give, t- give us some more details. So he's coming Saturday the 9th of March next year. Tickets are £15, and as you said, Stuart, it's Indian folk, blues and Americana, with lyrics of identity, loss and spirituality. Oh, it's just, it, it's magnificent. Just find, find him on Spotify or Apple Music or YouTube or something and have a listen. It's brilliant. I'll, I'll be front and centre for that one. Yeah, I think I'll join you, Stuart. Brilliant. So what a night out that's going to be. Exactly, exactly. Now, um, we're heading into August, so it's quite a quiet time as far as events are concerned at the centre. But we do have the Northern Crafts coming. We do. Saturday, the 5th of August, 9.30 to 3.30 in the Music Hall, Northern Arts and Crafts Dolls, and it's free entry to that. Probably a busy one. We'll have plenty of visitors to the town who will be poking their heads around the door looking for a little keepsake of their time in the Dale. Exactly, yeah. And, um, of course, we've still got the Summer Festival going on as well, and we're talking August the 5th and 6th. We are, yes. So 11 o'clock, we have Cream Teas. This is Saturday, August the 5th, of course. Cream Teas, uh, Teasdale's very own youth folk band. Yes, and then at 2 o'clock, it's the return of the Cloth Cap Temperance Band. Hopefully, fingers crossed, banging on the desk. The weather stays fine because uh, we had to bring the old cloth cappers inside when they came a couple of weeks ago and they were absolutely lovely in the, in the music hall, but it'd be so nice to get some music outside. It would, it would. But if it is wet, they will be inside. Obviously not in the music hall because we will have the craft fair in there, but they will be on the balcony or upstairs in the Witham room. But the yeah. entertainment will continue. Let's think positive. It's going to be sunny. It is, it absolutely. is. And then on Sunday, August the 6th, at one o'clock, we have Liffy, who is returning again. Um, female vocal and piano performing popular songs. I think I missed her last year because she's not ringing any bells with me. Hmm. Maybe it's I, just my memory. Worth a look, Stuart. Come down on Sunday and have a listen. And don't forget the summer festival sessions. Uh, admission is free, but we do like to have a donation. The buckets are out and we've got a fancy new machine that takes donations by card. 
Yes, it's never, uh, never seen anything like that before. No, I know, I know. It's it's it, it, yeah. Have a go, have a go, and donate as much as you want. When Peter went round with it last weekend, <laughs> Peter Dixon, he looked like something out of RoboCop because <laughs> it was just on his shoulder. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> on there. And of course, uh, for the ticketed events that we do, uh, where can we buy tickets, Jane? By calling the box office, Stuart, on 01833 631107. And online? Marvellous stuff. Jane, thanks as always. We'll talk again soon. Bye, Stuart. And that's just about it for the podcast once again. But we're going to leave you with a track from Ajay Srivastav. He really is great. Uh, This is from his most recent album, which is called Powerless, and a track called Golden.
Thanks for listening to In the Spotlight from The Witham, Barnard Castle's Community Arts Centre. Available on all major podcast platforms. So please give us a follow and leave a comment or listen online at www.thewitham.org.uk. We'll be back soon with another episode.